Would you like to 10X your productivity and stop feeling so overworked and overwhelmed? Welcome to the Extreme Productivity Podcast with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. All right. Are you ready to kill it today? <laughs> what does that even mean? It's so violent. I always hear people talking about it. We're going to kill it today. Oh, I shouldn't use that term. It is not a good uh, way to talk about conquering the day. Anyway, welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Thanks for joining me. Um, I, I got off a great phone call this morning, just a little while ago, talking to the CEO of a small but fast-growing company that makes uh, uh, nutraceuticals or, or supplements that, you know, go into, I guess, like vitamins and, and other, uh, <laughs> other foods shows how little I know about that business. Anyway, he's hiring me to come in to train his whole team on extreme productivity. But what was cool is that this is the CEO. And as he was talking to me about the situation, he acknowledged growth in his own behaviors. I mean, he said that after, you know, listening to uh, the podcast and reading the book and stuff, you know, he has cut way back on the number of times he's checking his email. Uh, he's turning down conference calls and meetings more frequently than he used to. And the reason why this is so great is often people at the top of the organization, you know, they've already achieved so much success. They just assume their way is the right way or, you know, if there's a problem, it's not their problem, it's your problem, because clearly they're, they've already proven that their way works because they're so successful. Here's a guy who basically said, wow, you know, I'm keeping an open mind to being a lifelong learner. I'm going to assume I can always be better. I'm going to always assume I'm part of the situation and can be part of the solution. And it was just really refreshing to talk to somebody um, <laughs> so enlightened at that level. So in the last episode, we talked about why you need to get a personal assistant or a virtual assistant and how to do it even if you can't afford one. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about how you can handle your boss if your boss is interfering with your productivity. So if you've got the opposite of this CEO that I'm talking about who is so open to ideas for productivity, how do you handle, how do you talk to your boss if she's the problem, if he's the problem that you're facing. But first, you know, I got to ask, have you downloaded my quick start action plan yet? I mean, it is going to help you uh, to apply all these lessons into your own life. Just visit MasterYourMinutes.com and download that quick start action plan. So let's begin. Um, if you think you've got problems with productivity, Whose fault is it? Is it your boss? You know, I, one of the core principles that I talk about all the time is, you know, not to check your email constantly all throughout the day, every time it vibrates or buzzes or whatever. And I got an email from Shelby who said, I can't turn off my email notifications because my boss will think I'm not working if I don't respond within at least five minutes. Poorly run meetings, you know, office meetings, huge time wasters. I often talk about uh, how to avoid them, how to shorten them, how to make them more productive. Got an email from Arvin who said, but my manager is the one running the meetings. Yeah, they're poorly run, but I can't do anything about it. And I also talk about, you know, know your one thing, focus on your most important task. 
And I got a message from Hussein who said, hey, I'd love to identify my most important task, but my supervisor changes her priorities constantly. Now, I have a feeling that for a lot of people out there, you know, they're blaming their boss uh, or some other external circumstance as an excuse so that they don't have to feel accountable for their own time, their own actions, their own output. They don't want to change. And it's easy to avoid change if it's not your fault, if it doesn't matter anyway. But let's assume it's true. You know, maybe, you know, I know there are bad managers out there. Maybe your manager really is time inefficient. You know, maybe you're right that uh, you work for an old school command and control style boss who really, you know, is not very good at time management or organization. So if that's true, how can you talk to your boss about these new productivity strategies? How can you sort of manage up, I like to say. How can you manage your manager? And I know a lot of bosses, a lot of managers don't like that phrase, how to manage up. But hey, I'm throwing it down so you can pick it up. Um, how can you talk to your boss in a way that she's going to listen? Well, I asked that question to my um, you know, 100,000 newsletter and social media uh, followers uh, to give me their true life stories about managing up. And I'm not going to lie. Most of the stories I got back is about how it backfired. It didn't work. Um, and that's disheartening. You know, just one story I got a lot. But uh, Lizette Brettenbach, she used to work in a professional service firm that was supporting uh, retail stores. And she wrote me an email saying, it was the most frustrating experience of my life. I didn't get fired, but I was told that if I can't handle the pressure, I should get another job. When I tried to explain that I'm just trying to improve the process for everyone, I got the hysterical woman speech, in quotes, hysterical woman. And I was calm and completely under control. In my opinion, if your boss doesn't have a clue about management, doesn't understand productivity himself, you're just wasting your time. Wow, that sounds like a horrible uh, experience. And, you know, so is it hopeless? You know, are you wasting your time? I mean, I guess... In a lot of cases, maybe, but I believe that it's worth a shot because I did get also many responses from people who shared how they approached their boss, you know, uh, tips to doing it the right way. So let me run through those. Number one, make sure you're picking the right time to talk to your manager. You know, be sensitive to the broader issues that are going on in the organization and be aware of the emotional state of your boss. Now, if you have high EQ, high emotional intelligence, you probably are already aware and you've got some empathy and you can tell when your boss is redlining with stress or cranky in a bad mood, or maybe your boss is having a real good day and is feeling you know, really approachable. Um, some people are morning people. Others are more chatty in the afternoon. Like think about and be aware of your boss's moods and make sure you're approaching at a convenient time when he or she is going to be open-minded and, and a little bit more relaxed. Second, pick the right place to bring up issues. Uh, you know, despite your best of intentions, and even if you approach it really tactfully, you know, your manager might see your topic, your suggested changes as a critique on her current operating style. So um, listen, again, if she's open-minded, she might like the feedback, but, you know, don't bring up your ideas in a public setting. Don't bring it up in a, at the weekly staff meeting when there's 10 other people in the room. You know, people are more likely to feel 
uh, attacked and threatened when these critiques are done in front of others because it's sort of like they might feel they need to save face or, or, or stay in control or in power when they're in a public setting. So if you're going to bring up these kinds of ideas, you know, you want to do it at a place where you're having uh, a one-on-one meeting and there's some privacy you know, behind a, a closed door so you can't be overheard. Third, be mindful of your manager's communication preferences. You know, I, I think ideally uh, you do any important conversation face to face. However, <laughs> I used to work for a boss for five years who, you know, uh, his preferred style of communication was email. You know, I, for a while I was literally across the hall from him. My door would be open. He knows I'm just sitting in there with the, the door open. And he would spend an hour crafting this, you know, multi-paragraph long email and send it to me. I mean, you could just tell. When I would walk into his office to talk face-to-face, he would talk to me while his face was down at his monitor and he was typing on the keyboard. So, hey, you know, if you got a <laughs> weird manager like that, send an email, a, a well-written email. Otherwise, do it face-to-face. If you're not in... Um, the same office. If you're a remote worker, you know, maybe pick up the phone, schedule a phone call. Uh, Let's see. Fourth, focus on the goal, the mutual win. Um, You know, make sure the emphasis is on the improved outcome you're seeking, not like just attacking their behaviors. So here's some sample, you know, kind of just silly conversation starters that you could apply, but just to give you a feel for it. You know, you might say, hey, I'm curious, you know, how quickly do you expect me to respond to your emails? Uh, Would one hour or less be okay? Because I'm thinking about only processing my email hourly. That way I can shut it off when uh, when I'm done and get head down and focused, you know, on the important projects for that week. You know, that's if you're trying to get permission or feel out like whether there's a better email cadence. Um, You know, similar topic, you could just say, you know, like, hey, you know, how would you feel if I just muted my phone and turned off my email from 9 to 10 o'clock each morning? Just that one hour. Because I'm thinking about just using one hour in the morning to really focus on my most important task. I think that's going to help me to make better progress, faster progress on the things that are most important to you. If I could just get that one hour of interrupted time. Does that work okay? Or would another time maybe be better for you? You see, so it's you're, you're floating the idea but you're really trying to, you know, soft sell it. Um, Here's another one about the conflicting uh, priorities. You know, you might just say very innocently, can I grab you for five minutes to review priorities? You know, I want to review my current task list with you and make sure I'm clear on when you expect each item to be, to be completed. Now this is one as a boss, uh, you know, it was late in life when I, started this practice. But now if I'm giving, you know, I've got a lot of remote workers and I always have. Um, so if I'm emailing some, uh, something to do a task rather than talking about it in my weekly live meeting, I will literally in the subject line, write to do colon, um, whatever it is that's due, you know, uh, proofread this article or whatever it is, that's a silly example. Um, and then I'll, and then in the email providing the instructions, I will say something like needs to be done by end of day Friday or uh, let me know if you can't get to it this week. You know, something like that. And, you know, for someone that's not used to working with me and would see an email, I mean, it sounds like that command control. My gosh, he's saying 
to do, like you must do this. And it's so specific. You have to have it done by this date or by this time. But what I found, my team members love it. Like with all the email overload they get, uh, if I'm assigning a task to be done, they want that to stand out, you know, in that sea of emails they're getting. They want to know that that's important. And they want to know, you know, is this something they need to work on today or do they have a week or a month or a year to, to do it? So they like that. It's just clarifying expectations. Uh, let's see. Fifth, and this is really the the last suggestion about how to talk to your boss about these new productivity uh, ideas. You know, instead of making it kind of like a confrontation, you know, just use questions. Um, you know, instead of like calling for an official meeting, if you don't think that's going to go over real well, uh, you know, you can you can just ask questions to further clarify things, you know, similar to what I was talking about. Got an email from Irene, who uh, used to work for a large telecommunication company. And she said, you know, I, I answered them with a quick email back with an educated guess at a realistic, you know, estimated time. Uh, for example, is tomorrow by lunchtime soon enough? The answer usually came back as yes, or they provided a more specific time and date, usually a couple of days out. Um, very rarely was the deadline within the hour, even the same day. You know, her point was that while she might assume she needed to do something like drop everything and do this because they just asked once she would just ask that question, she would often get more time than she thought. And this uh, I was just uh, at a, a conference uh, last week outside of Washington, D.C., and someone approached me who had read my book and he said that he was shocked at this, like people on his team would email him and say, you know, hey, review this um, script, you know, review this script that we need approval on. And he would always, you know, drop whatever he was doing, feeling like it was it needed to be done urgently and he would do it and get it out the door. But then he started to reply back and say, um, hey, I, I can slot this at four o'clock on Thursday. Will that be soon enough for you? And he says they keep saying yes. I mean, he had no idea that he had literally days worth of time to get to it. Uh, he found out once he just asked that question. Let's see. Jody sent me an email. She's an HR professional. Um, she was reporting to the general manager of a hotel. And, uh, you know, she said, um, you know, she would use a touch of humor. She wrote every once in a while, he would give me one too many, drop everything and do this type of assignments. I would just ask him which of my quote unquote, drop everything jobs he wanted me to do first and what jobs I was not going to be able to, to get to that day. Uh, he was always good to stop and reevaluate. I truly think it just never occurred to him that he had given me more than was humanly possible to do. And again, with my boss hat on, you know, it might not be right, but it's true. Like I will just sling the to do's because I'm trying to get it off my list, right off my calendar. So something comes in. First thing I'm going to say is, can I delete it? If I can't, can I delegate it? If I say, oh yeah, this is going to Edgar. I'm not going to think about what else have I given to Edgar? Does, can Edgar get to it today? What, where does this fall on the priorities to Edgar? I'm just going to hit forward to do colon, whatever it is, Edgar would be great if you can get this done. So just, um, I would hope Edgar will bounce that back to me if I'm never not specific and say, Hey, I've got too many things now for this week. What's the right priority? And, you know, my friend and another, you know, a leadership guru, Jim Trunick reached out to me and, um, I, I really like this. this is a good sort of summary. He says, 
Actually, managing up is treating your boss like your best client, a loved family member, or a best confidant. You know, if you approach it in that way, our words flow and sound appropriate as a counselor, advisor, or even more a therapist. Boss mistakes, like our own, often come from dynamics others don't understand. Be sensitive and assume positive intent in boss actions and maybe will learn along with shaping a more positive discussion. So, yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's um, I, I started by saying I got killed with all the negatives about conversations that went wrong. I still think, uh, you know, the takeaway is that, yes, there's a lot of bad bosses out there. And if your boss is standing between you and extreme productivity Instead of just giving up, I say don't assume that things will never change. Um, at least try. You know, uh, seek to proactively partner with your boss so he or she can benefit from your improved productivity. You know, schedule that appointment or send that email. Focus on the improved outcomes. You know, help me to help you. And use questions. Is it okay if I shut off my email for an hour? Is it okay if I only respond uh, to you uh, on the hour or, you know, before noon and then again before three and then again before five? You know, try to let them know that you're trying these weird ideas from a crazy guy named Kevin Cruz, but it will help you to do your job even better. You can also frame it as an experiment. Hey, I just want to try this out next week. Do you think that I could power down my email and my phone from nine to 10 every day just so I can focus on my most important task? We'll just try it for a week. And you know, if it's not working out for you, if you, if, if you feel like I'm not there for you enough in that hour, no problem. We'll throw it out the, the following week. But can we try it as an experiment? I mean, how can they say no to that? Okay, I hope you've got hope that you can improve things with your boss. Now, I'm going to end with this. I want to make sure you know that Apple promotes this podcast within the time management and productivity categories, largely based on how many reviews it has. So if you can really help me out, if you want to help others who are overworked and overwhelmed out there, just go on to iTunes, search for the Extreme Productivity Podcast, and leave like a one-sentence honest review. It's literally one sentence is all it takes. And by the way, when you do that, shoot me an email with your regular snail mail address, and I'll send you a free thank you. I mean, I can't promise what it's going to be. You know, some people are getting signed books. Others are getting 1440 t-shirts or stickers. Uh, <laughs> whatever I got swag-wise lying around, I'll send that to you as a thank you. Until next week, remember, master your minutes to master your life. Hey, if you like this podcast, you're going to love the LeadX Academy at leadx.org. If you didn't know, LeadX is actually my company, and we have dozens of video-based courses that are designed to help you to achieve your full potential. And I personally teach you courses via video like how to cure procrastination, how to stop time thieves, how to cut your email inbox traffic in half, how to get to inbox zero with the 4D habit, how to minimize your meeting time, and how to maximize your focus and energy and so much more. And every month we're adding new courses, new webinars, and new resources. You could check it all out, no cost. There's a free trial at leadx.org.
Until next week, remember, we all have the same 1,440 minutes a day. Master your minutes to master your life.